Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 375 of the Chamberlain Chance Announce Podcast. Alex is somewhat absent. We hope he's okay. Haven't heard from him. Currently Perhaps he'll join absent. in, make a grand absent, grand, grand entrance at some point. So we'll uh, we'll see. But Chance is here. How you doing? Uh, I'm yeah. still breathing. That's I'm here. that's so being you know you're our hat continent wise. Hmm. Where are these Canadian wildfires that I keep hearing about? And are they affecting you? I mean, I don't know where uh, they are. I haven't really looked into it. I believe it's mostly Ontario, but that's just okay. mo- what I've kind of gleaned from the American news bits that pop up. I don't care. Um, it hasn't really affected me at all. I'm hearing about, okay. like, New York is unbreathable and all that shit. Well, and I, uh, I'm, no, I'm right in the middle of Canada. Like, smack New dab York in is the always unbreathable, though. So, I mean, this well, just gave it a, a funny color. <laughs> the ode rat piss everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it hasn't bothered me at all. Okay. Not, e- not even a little bit. Because it made it as far south as me in Tennessee mm. a couple of times. Well, the, the, the jet stream yeah. just turned just right, and suddenly it's like smokier than usual in the Smoky Mountains. So, I don't know. Sorry, man. Weather. It's a mystery. No, it's not. It's global warming. This is the result. <laughs> that is also true. This is one also, of the many results. In, in, in honor of the passing of Paul Rubens, mm. we should choose a secret word for the podcast. Oh. Uh, did, you, did you watch the Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee Herman's Pee Wee's Playhouse way back when you were a child? I was, I was going to bring it up when we got to the headlines, but uh, to this day, Pee Wee Herman is the guy who taught me how to make French toast. There it is. Okay. It was, it was so one of the first things I learned to cook. So today's secret word is Ubisoft. If you happen to say Ubisoft, you got to lose your shit. That's how it is. Okay, but that's a... Okay, I feel like that's a poor choice because I don't think we're going to bring up... Well, well, what do you got? I mean, okay, if not Ubisoft, then uh, Tracer? That's too obvious. I got nothing to say on Tracer either. No, it's okay, fine, Ubisoft. We'll stick with Ubisoft Ubisoft. and it won't come up. uh, (laughs) And I won't have to yell in the middle of my house and people come running in. Hats off to Paul Rubens. So, last week I was playing Remnant Remnant 2. Yes. And Alex was loving Remnant 2. And I was like, Remnant 2 is okay. Okay, it's okay. And what's keeping me in it is the mystery of kind of how to interact with it and become powerful through it. And the next day, that mystery kind of dissolved. And I understood what it expected of me. Mm. And the amount of time doing this fairly tedious shooting would require to get, you know, whatever this next thing I wanted to do was. was. And I was just like, no. Okay. No, it's, 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 maybe it becomes awesome in co-op. I never tried it in co-op. Um, I don't think he's playing a co-op either. I think he's just playing I solo. Agreed. I don't think, I think he, I asked him that last week. Are you co-oping with anyone? He said no. And, uh, so somehow he is digging this in like a Resident Evil 4 gunfight kind of way, which it's not. Like the AI is not that good and not that engaging to me at least. Um, so yeah, I totally walked away from that. And I wanted something to play. I played a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima. I started okay. up yet another new character in Cyberpunk. Because <laughs> I've decided that all these builds that I've been working on maybe won't work. Um... And then, I purchased and installed Baldur's Gate 3 Early Access on my computer. Oh, on your computer? 
on my desktop computer. Even though it is coming out on PlayStation 5, like, shit, today, in, tomorrow? No, September 6th or something. Oh, that's right, so, that's right. That's yeah, right. The, the, the PlayStation launch is early September. And PC Xbox launch, is sometime next year. We don't even know. Yeah. Hopefully early 2024, they say, for Xbox. And the reason yeah. for that is um, one of the core kind of things they want to get in the game, and all versions of the game have to have split-screen co-op. Yeah, and the, and the, the PlayStation and the Series S can't do it. Yeah, just the Series S can't do it. The Xbox mm-hmm. Series X can do it. So this is really one of those first games that Xbox isn't getting because they can't fit it on the Series S. Other developers have complained about the Series S being a literal albatross around the neck, and Microsoft isn't letting in, letting like letting it go. I, I don't know why. It's a stupid decision. The Series yeah. S is a previous generation console. Yeah, no, it's a stupid decision. Yeah, it's dumb. But yes, you you purchased. Baldur's Gate three, yes, on your PC, it, and from the uh, from like the um, the developer streams I'd seen, there is a companion you can end up getting who's this giant red tiefling barbarian lady, who, ins- <laughs> who instead of a heart has like an infernal engine inside her chest, that and cool. it can it can overload and she gets like a unique version of barbarian rage, okay, and I thought and apparently. Any gender or species, or uh, are they called species? Race. Any gender race. or race can romance any companion character. It doesn't matter. It, like All there right. is no com- there is no character who's just like it's not like cyberpunk where uh, where Carrie. If you want, if you're a gay playing as a gay man, you can romance Carrie, and that's it. Uh, you can romance anyone in Baldur's Gate. So okay. I thought, what I want, <laughs> what I decided <laughs> I want. I decided I'm going to roll a gnome, and I wanted it to be a gnome wizard at first. Okay. But after a little bit with playing as a gnome wizard, I switched it to a gnome... Uh, um, Probably a, a rogue. F- no, a forest gnome bard. Oh. Okay. So the the forest gnome racial, there's gnomes, and then there's deep gnomes, and there's these other gnomes, and there's forest gnomes. Forest gnomes automatically have the speak with animals spell. Which you can cast on yourself once per day, basically, and it just lasts all day. And you can talk to any animal. And I totally want to do that. And I very quickly <laughs> learned that all animals are just fucking dicks. Like, they're all dicks. The first animal I talked to was a wild boar who was out on a beach. And he's like, get away from me. I know what you want. He's like, oh, calm down, calm down. I'm not here to hurt sure. you or anyone. I oh, yeah, that's what they all say. And then they hunt us with their spears. Fuck off. And he just runs away. And I'm like, I tried that interaction like four times. There's no <laughs> way to make friends with that boar that I can find. I also had Sue that, or make friends with animal spell that I cast on him first. It had no impact. Well, well he didn't okay. attack me. And then that's I go cool. up and there's this, I, I, I'm in a, a druid grove. And it's a, one of the first towns you go to. And there's a squirrel. And I'm like, all right, speak with animals. And I go up to the squirrel. I'm like, hey, squirrel, how's it going? The squirrel immediately leaps forward and bites me on the foot. I have the option of kicking this squirrel into the tree behind it and killing it instantly. Or saying, hey, I'm your friend. Please stop that. And the squirrel makes very clear that I am permitted to walk around down here on the ground, but I am not to go up into the trees. These are her trees. And I'm just like, all animals are dicks. They're all just fucking dicks. Uh, But I'm... But anyway, Baldur's Gate 3, in a nutshell, is constantly engaging. Like, it is a slow-paced point-and-click turn. Like, when combat happens, it's all turn-based. It's very, very slow-paced, and yet it is 
constantly giving me new decisions to make and new shit to do. You're you're on your way to do this one thing, and then um, and then there just happens to be a building over here, and you decide to go check out that building. You're gonna spend the next hour and a half going in and out and around this building and and finding out the stories that are in there and uh, here's a secret room that one of your characters uh they did a behind the the scenes perception roll check and they passed that perception check so they noticed a button on the wall and if you press that button all the corpses in the room come alive and they (laughs) absolutely destroy your party and then so you reload you hope you save recently yeah Yeah. so so you save scum and you reload an earlier save and then you press a button you press the button and the button opens a room to a little uh, a door to a little room and you run your entire party into that room and i turned my rogue around because i don't have a tank and i put the rogue in the doorway and i had a spell on my bard that every turn the rogue or the character that's cast on gets another five hit points as long as my bard maintains concentration. And so the the rogue just stood in the doorway as the undead warrior, who had like three times his hit points, came and tried to beat the shit out of him. And everyone in the room just hammered this guy with spells. Four other spell ca- undead spellcasters kind of came around the corner, and by the time they were all there, kind of grouped up, we dealt with the warrior, and then we just hammered them with like AoE crowd controls like sleeps, and just beat the shit out of these things. And every time you do it, the combat is so complicated and mm-hmm. so easy to fuck up and so easy to just to get destroyed in that when you succeed, it feels fucking amazing. I, um, I was playing through the early access and I found three ogres in a, in a, um, a building, kind of like just in a ruined village. And I don't know how I figured it out, but one of the ogres is like was like fart the wise or something like that and he's yeah. the who can cast spells and if you kill him you get uh this headpiece that he had a piece of headgear that automatically increases your intelligence to 17 and max is 20 okay. um so i wanted that headpiece and i'm like there's got to be a way to do it and i eventually just kind of sussed out with positioning and blocking the doorway with a warrior lady that i had and and the rogue and I buffed them from behind with my priest and my bard, and we just I put the I put the spellcasting guy on his ass with a bard spell called uh, uh, someone's I forget the name of it is like you know Kathleen Kathleen's hideous laughter. Oh oh um it's Tasha's hideous laughter. Yeah Tasha's hideous laughter, and it just it just put someone prone laughing their guts off, mm-hmm. and the because the uh, the ogre had such high wisdom he kept on succeeding in his save rolls every turn so he would get up every turn i would put him on his ass he would get up i would recast he would get up and then i only have three casts of it at the time because i only had so many spell slots but Mm -hmm. i eventually put him out for the remainder of the fight and we beat his two buddies and then we turn and beat the shit out of him and i posted on the penny arcade forums i just beat the shit out of three ogres and i feel amazing and people wrote back how did you do that (laughs) i couldn't figure out how to do that i'm like well thank you for asking (laughs) here's how it went down because i feel so clever so, um, go ahead. What you're describing now sounds very much like the original experiences of, of Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, and specifically it sounds like an old Troika game called Temple of Elemental Evil, which okay. was less story, all combat, but it was turn-based, oh, hard-as-balls no. D&D combat. No, there's so much story. Um, the, like, the, the reason I... Um, I'll, I'll get to the reinstall today. But uh, the reason I'm playing as a bard specifically is because when those speech checks come to 
convince someone to do something insane uh, or you yep. charisma like my charisma mm -hmm. stat is huge i have all these passive buffs to any kind of speech check i tech i take and even then when you're in the middle of a roll it's a really cool thing that Baldur's Gate 3 does. So I, I'm because I'm a bard and I'm at this level, I have a plus two to any persuasion check. And then I have an additional plus two to persuasion because of this other thing I've taken. And um, and then before I do anything, I have my, uh, my cleric cast guidance on my main character, the bard. So he automatically gets a plus d4 to anything he's doing. Like literally anything as long as she maintains concentration. And then I go in and I talk to someone. And then, it, once uh, once the dice comes up, at the bottom it says, okay, so you have plus two from this, and plus one from this, and plus one d4 from from uh, from guidance, and plus two from this. Then you can then it says click down for more, and you can in that moment cast additional shit that might help you. Mm. Like um, I have a cantrip that you can cast anytime called just friends, where you cast on anyone and now they're your friend, and so you have like a plus two to any any speech check with them. Uh, and you can just decide to cast that in the middle of the roll. and Or do something that will give you advantage, and then you're rolling two dice, and it'll just take which, which one of the dice is higher. Who's the better one? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's, it is incredibly complicated, but it goes a long way to making it very accessible to someone like me who has zero experience with Dungeons & Dragons. Zero. This, this, it's a gateway drug at this point. Yes, this it, is D and D. This is fifth edition D and D. This is how it works. In a if lot your of ways, DM is incredibly talented. <laughs> apparently, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of changes that make things better. Like in fifth edition, apparently, the uh, uh, the monk sucks. Just sucks. Mm. Okay. And Larian has done shit with the monk that makes it one of the funnest classes to play now. <laughs> in fact, mm. it might be over. It might be overpowered from the sounds of it, so they might be changing it. But okay, in terms of story. It's immediately bonkers. Um, you wake up to an, a mind flare, which is like one of mm -hmm. these wizard-looking guys with a Cthulhu head, yep. and he's he inserts a carnivorous worm into the eye socket of a woman across from you in a pod, and she's helpless mm -hmm. to stop it. And the thing this burrows is how mind up. Mind reproduce. Yep. Yes, the thing burrows up under her eye as she screams, and then he comes to you and inserts that thing into your eye, and then you go through character creation. Nah. And then you see this grand colossal cutscene where you're in this pod, which is inside a nautiloid ship, which is kind of like, imagine a nautilus shell with a Cthulhu head sticking out the front, but it also has ship constructs all over it, so clearly people are flying, but there's also tentacles. This thing disapparates out of wherever it is and reapparates over the city of Baldur's Gate. The tentacles reach down to the city and just start touching the townspeople. Any townspeople it touches is apparated out of the air and appears in a pod in the ship to be turned into another mind flare. Um, then it, for some reason, it disappears from there and reappears in the hells. And hell spawns start attacking the nautiloid ship. Uh, this causes uh, a bunch of explosions because it was like dragons attacking the ship now. And you're able to get out, and you meet up with a bunch of other people who have also had worms inserted in their heads. And you try to get to the bridge of the ship to, uh, to make it kind of blink out of hell, maybe back to your reality. Uh, when you do that, the ship crashes in, in the woods. And this is the beginning of the game. <laughs> you wake the up. This is the intro, yeah. This is the intro. You wake up in a crashed living ship. 
uh, with uh, with a parasite that's going to consume your mind and turn you into a monster uh, with a bunch of other people who are also suffering the same parasite. That's the inciting incident. It's wackadoo bonkers, and I fucking love it. And then are you there's prepared for the long haul. I this am... is a fucking long game. I am so engaged in what I've played of the early access so far. Uh, absolutely, I am. Um, so I'm, be careful got... because early access progress will not transfer over to the main game. Oh, oh, I know. Okay, I know. Not only that, but you have to. They recommend that you completely delete your early access install and all your early access saves to prevent any mm -hmm. kind of corruption from occurring. So everyone did that yesterday. Today I wake up and I go to install it. It'll take oh, about shit. four hours or something just to download. God, um, how big is this game? <laughs> it's only 100 gigs, but oh, okay. um, I was getting like 50 megabytes per second down. Anyway. Is that Steam? Yes. Okay. It's also on GOG. Anyway, so I had it installed, finally successfully installed, 40 minutes before the podcast began. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and... I then went went straight to it, hit play, and it goes, "Oh, your version of Nvidia or your Nvidia driver is not up to <laughs> is not up to spec." I'm like, "It was fine yesterday. What the fuck?" Uh, so okay, PC so gaming. okay, yeah. So I've got this little Nvidia um, Express app that's always been on my computer the entire time I've owned it. I've never fucking opened it, and I'm mm -hmm. like, "Okay, so do you have this new driver?" It goes, "Yes, I do." I'm like, "Okay, download the driver." It goes, "Okay, downloaded." And, and I go, okay, please? so now so now, now I start the game. It goes, oh, no, you need to install this new driver. So I download it two more times through this fucking NVIDIA app <laughs> that refuses to install it. So yeah. then I have to look up what what a graphics card I have. I, I uh, don't even remember the name of it. Then I have to look up what which version of Windows I have, and if it's 62 or 32-bit. Then I have to go to the NVIDIA website and finally oh, download the thing. Then I have to wait another 20 minutes as the NVIDIA driver installs, then I had eight minutes to recreate my GNOME through an entirely new UI. <laughs> that was not the UI they used in the, in the early access. And I finally got that guy created. I cut through all the cutscenes. Now I'm on the ship uh, just before it crashes. I saved the game, and then, I wrote you an e and then I wrote you an email saying I'm going to be two minutes late. <laughs> and then I went and I, got myself a drink. for the I podcast. believe I read that they made actual significant changes to the beginning of the game, too, that you're going to see different things. Uh, apparently, between... okay, the early yeah. access was, was, was act one of the game. And what I heard was there will be a lot of changes, and you're going to see 30% new content will be there. Nice. And the amount of content that I saw... It makes me just want to explore fucking everything. It's all so interesting. Um, one of the first things you find up the beach is this uh, this old ruined church that a bunch of um, um, that a bunch of mercenaries are trying to rob um, and pillage. And you can walk up to the first group of them and just attack them, or I walked up to them and just convinced them that it was dangerous around here. They should all probably leave. Hmm. Nice. Um, but their their buddies inside didn't get that message. So when I went in through the front door, all of their guys were there and just swarmed me. And, yeah, and I didn't understand the combat and just got my ass kicked. So I took my party back down the beach because beneath the building, on the beach, there's this giant door with a 20 difficulty lockpick. Oh, jeez. Which sounds like a lot, and it is. 
But if you have your bard casting bardic inspiration on the thief, and you have your priest casting guidance on the thief, and then you save your game and you save scum at six times, turns out you can get the door open. <laughs> you just need that natural 20. That's all you need. That's right. That's, natural That's, 20. Right. That's fine. So inside that door is kind of the final room of that uh, dungeon where there's a giant sarcophagus with some really cool shit in it and traps everywhere. Mm. And apparently you can stop gas traps from filling up the room with gas if you move a heavy object over the vent. I didn't understand at that point how to move objects. It took me okay. until yesterday to figure that shit yeah. out. Um, so, what I, so I very quickly learned that as soon as you open the sarcophagus in the middle of the room and loot it, the entire room will fill with flammable gas, which will then be lit by uh, flamethrowers on the side of the room. Okay. Sounds bad. So, Sounds real bad. Yes. So again, safe scum. So I moved my entire party to the other side of the room, kind of so that they can then explore the rest of the dungeon. I walked my thief up to the casket, uh, activated dash on him, opened the casket, ran out, and then all the traps went off and we were able to escape and then go do the rest of this dungeon which you don't have to fucking do I just decided to do it because it was there like very clearly what I should have been doing was going to try this uh, trying to find this druid village nearby but this thing was just here let's find out what's in it so why not and it's it's always intensely rewarding last night I went into a cellar and I found like a book that a necromancer had locked away that everyone in my party agreed was probably pretty dangerous we shouldn't be fucking with. But then I looked it up after. If I just hold on to this book and figure out all its secrets, I can speak to the dead at any time without having to use a spell. And you'll find out so, the dead are all assholes. <laughs> yeah, or they just don't know what you need. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, what surprises me most is that you're playing this on PC and I know, still isn't that enjoying a it. It is. Yeah, I am. And, well, like, I, I wish it was on my PlayStation. I kind of want to set it up. I, I know you can play with controller. Um, I'd like to find I, a, a way that, to get that to work. I do wonder if the way the combat works is more suited for mouse and keyboard, though. Because it is, like, point and click. Yeah, that's how it's designed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really going to wonder how the UI might change using it with a controller. Yeah. But I'm also, given how much I'm currently enjoying it, I will be really surprised if I don't buy the PS5 version in September. Hmm. I Will you even be close to finished with this version by September? Probably not. But again, I'll have all this insight into the early game and, and the spells and how the spells actually work. And um, yeah, like I'm looking forward to doing it now, just knowing how everything works. Hmm. It surprises me. I didn't I didn't think you'd jump on the, the PC version of this. I knew you were going to play it, but I, did, I thought you'd have the... But then again, having nothing to play, drives one to drives one to extreme drastic measures. measures. Yes, yes, yes and like I, I didn't anticipate that I would be doing this either. But um, I'm really enjoying it, and you know how in most games where there's a romance option, um, you go through a lot with a character before the opportunity to even go on any kind of date presents itself. Yeah, it's a, the checklist of relationship goals. Yes, that's right. Okay, so. <laughs> So one of the I want I'm not gonna pronounce the maybe, maybe you know the race Gith Yankee or something Gith Yankee yeah Gith Yankee yeah, okay so Gith you've got a Gith Yankee lady with you and she is a badass motherfucker with a sword mm -hmm. like she's an awesome warrior I want her in my party just because she's so good at hitting things and killing them mm -hmm. um, but she's a complete asshole. <laughs> That like, sounds right for a Githyanki, yeah. Yes, like Githyanki uh, seem to view all other races as inferior to them. They can interact with them as if they were their servants, 
but nothing more than that. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's certainly not, you know, um, um, companions or anything like yeah. that. And they want to kind of, she wants to kind of do the rudest, cruelest things to anyone they interact with. Like, I need this information, and I'm going to threaten it out of you. And I'm like, just, just hang on, Lazelle. Just let me have a conversation with the man. Lazelle disapproves. <laughs> She's going to get everything she wants, but she still disapproves of my methods. And so anyway, so eventually uh, there's there's a big goblin camp. Uh, they've captured one of the leaders of the druid people. You go in there, you free the druid guy. Um, he wants you to kill all the leaders of the goblins. And so you can kind of, um, whatever, I, I, I put an end to the goblin menace. Then I went back to the druid camp. And uh, the the tiefling refugees were like, we're going to join you guys at camp for a party tonight. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be like, all right, let's have a party. So we go to the camp for the party, and I go up to every single one of my companions. I have a, a, I have a, a, a warlock companion. I have a wizard companion. I have a rogue companion. Those guys are all guys. And then I have the cleric, uh, who's a woman, and the uh, the Githyanki woman. I walk okay. up to the Githyanki woman and talk to her, and she's like, I'll bet you regret now that uh, you and I haven't been getting along so much. And I'm like, why? Because imagine my lips upon you. Imagine my fingers uh, touching your flesh. You yeah. will never know this because you've been such a dick to me. And I'm like, seems like you really want me thinking about this. I'm not <laughs> sure that... <laughs> I'm it's not sure that. Weird. Yeah, like okay, fair, fair enough, good Yankee lady. And then I go up and I talk to the rogue, and the rogue really wants to spend some time with me. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna keep rolling here. And I go to the wizard, and the wizard would really like to share a bottle with me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's. Okay. And I, I go over to the warlock, and the warlock is horny as shit. And I'm yeah, like, okay. I could date anyone. I could date anyone. I go up to the priest lady. I'm like, hey, priest lady, how's it going? She's like, it's just a little lonely. And I'm like, you and I are. Spending Spending time together. <laughs> like, that sounds like a D and D campaign. Everybody horny as fuck. That, I mean, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Everyone's horny in Baldur's Gate three, and <laughs> and it didn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's fucking awesome so far. It really is. My most commonly used thing is called what's what the fuck is the nerd? Uh, it's it's like biting insult or something like that, and okay. it's a really low damage spell. That the uh, that the bard can use as a cantrip, so it doesn't cost a spell slot or anything to use. It took me so long to figure out. You can only okay in Baldur's Gate three. If you're like a wizard, you start out with three spell slots. What that means yep. is you can cast three spells, and then you have to rest. And then you have to rest. It's only three spells. The only thing mm -hmm. that can be cast repeatedly are the cantrips, and. Uh, and one of the gnome cantrips you can get is basically you insult someone from 60 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> and they take 1d4 damage, which is very, very little, uh, but uh, they lose advantage on their next attack, and anyone attacking them gains advantage. So it's, it's a, hell of a an insult from that it's far away. It's a massive debuff if it lands. Um, and it does d just a little bit of damage. So if you ever need to do just a little bit of damage to this guy way over here, you got it. Or if you it's can a boss... kill them you, with an insult. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just land. <laughs> I've killed a lot of people with insults. And apparently every single... Like, you, there's various different voices you can choose for your character. And the one I've got going on my gnome is, is great. He does a really good job of it. Um, I'm actually playing as a male character in a video game, which is very weird for me. That, yeah, that's unusual, yeah. It is. Um... 
And they apparently have 75 different individual lines for this spell. Nice. So you're not just hearing the same insult over and over. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to go right ahead and say Baldur's Gate is incredible because I've played a little bit of the early access, but it was incredible enough for me to get hyped enough to get it on my computer, and then get hyped enough that all day today all I was thinking about was getting to play Baldur's Gate, and to deal with having to reinstall new drivers, which sucks. Well, I wasn't hyped for that, but that no. is. That is what we have to do when gaming on reality. PC. That's such yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why I abandoned it many moons ago. So yeah, Remnant 2 sucks. I stand by that. I didn't enjoy the first one much at all. I didn't enjoy the I first one. I didn't understand one. what he I, saw in it. I wanted to. And the thing is, like, but there are people who love it. It's like, you know, my neighbor is huge into Pokemon Go lately. And he wants to tell me everything about it, and he wants to, like, show me this new giant Pokemon that he's got today. It's like, he like, wants to walk up to my house, walk up my step, show me his phone, thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Don't care. My son's doing Pokemon Go. He's 17. He's like, dude, check out this Diglett. It's got hair. I'm like, that's kind of cool, but I don't understand any of this stuff. So Yeah, I me mean, neither. <laughs> but what, what I like about Pokemon Go, just, like, from an outside observer, is how social it is. Um... I know people who got big into it and they met a bunch of friends just because they happen to show up at this spot in a park and they're yeah, all trying to get this Charizard or something. They will set up... There are specific weekends. I remember this from when I was still running my store because if you're... Certain retail establishments are actually set up as Pokestops. Yes. So once a month, like I would have piles and piles of people wandering through the store with their phones out because there was an event happening in my GPS location. I didn't set it up. Nintendo set it up. Not Nintendo. Uh, whoever makes Pokemon. Niantic, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that was always interesting. And 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 the 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 wide variety of people playing. It wasn't just kids. It was their parents. It was teenagers. Mm-hmm. It was old. I mean, it was a lot of yeah. people got sucked into this. So and it's it a video game whose whole thing is to get you out of the house and walking around. Like, yeah. Just as a concept, I can't really be down on that. That's a nope. you know, nope. that's a good thing. I'll never install it, but I'm not going to look down on anybody for playing it. That's a, a pretty good endorsement <laughs> from me. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been playing? So I need to spin the tale of the fall of the Crystalline Dominion. I'm still playing Final Fantasy 16, and okay. I have... Have you gotten I, to the twist? Um, I don't know if it's a twist so far as it, it's a dramatic falling off. So... There's a point that I got to where I emailed you guys last week, and it was absolutely amazing. The, the, this is, this oh, is yeah, the fall the, of the Crystalline Dominion. Uh, yeah. Uh, like a Dragon Ball Z nonsense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so good. But then right after that, the plot kind of changes, and, and it just is not, it's not as interesting. So with the, the Crystalline Dominion, I have to kind of tell you a little bit about how all the geography works here. The Crystalline Dominion is sitting between... Two major empires. On the north, you have the Empire of Sandbrek, and on the south, you have I don't remember what they are. They're not as important. Uh, on the north, their icon is Bahamut, who is like feared almost as much as Odin. Bahamut is like incredibly powerful, but Clive just destroyed their mother crystal, which was like running their capital city. So they had to basically migrate south. So they took over the Crystalline Dominion. Crystalline Dominion was basically a neutral area. And Bahamut is there, and 
the Bahamut, Bahamut is the prince of the kingdom, and he's worried because he, he's actually not a bad guy. He's, he's a, a hero. He doesn't like using Bahamut because Bahamut just in, creates incredible collateral damage. To the south of the Crystalline Dominion, the other country, they have also lost their Mother Crystal to Clive and his band of rogues. And they're trying to go north, and their icon is Titan. If Titan and Bahamut fought, they would destroy the entire city. And the Emperor, who has been seduced by Clive's evil mother, sends him to go do this. Go fight. <laughs> right before this happens, Clive kills Titan in a pretty big kaiju fight. Titan's gone. You've absorbed his power. He's dead. The evil Emperor of San Brek finds out about this and says, Cool. What are the other guys doing? And you find out they're retreating. They're leaving. And he says, Fine. And he sends Bahamut to attack them anyway. Ooh. Bahamut doesn't want to do this. And he's trying to figure out what to do in the crystalline, in the crystalline city. Um, Clive is now there because they have one of the last mother crystals. He comes out of a, it comes out like of a, of a hotel or something and there's explosions in the distance. And what you know as the player is that there is now mutiny in the emperor, in the, between the prince who is Bahamut and the emperor of Sandbrek. The prince is now attacking his own people. He has his own legal, loyal group of dragoons, but he's attacking the army because he does not want to massacre the fleeing army. So he's a good guy. Clive is now in that same city, heading to their mother crystal. Ends up running into the dragoons and fighting them because they don't know who Clive is. Clive doesn't know they're the good guys. He's killing the dragoons. As the player, you realize that this is going to go badly. But it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Not hilarious, but it's very interesting because nobody knows what's happening. Clive's killing people because that's what he does. The dragoons are killing, trying to kill Clive. That's all fine. You, 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 you kill most of his dragoons, basically putting down the coup. And you flash forward to Bahamut, who, through a whole bunch of bullshit, ends up killing his own father accidentally and getting possessed by Ultima. And now... Bahamut comes out and destroys the city, just like he wasn't going to. So this city is destroyed. You are crawling through the rubble with the with Jill, uh, the Shiva dominance. It's Clive, Clive's girlfriend, basically. Crawling through the rubble, you get to this one building that is surprisingly still standing, and finally Clive run into, runs into his evil mother. Okay. And they look out the window, and the phoenix is there. And the phoenix is Clive's brother, who yeah. everybody thought was dead. Yeah, but he's the so, phoenix, so. Yeah, as the phoenix, yeah. The phoenix is fighting Bahamut and getting his ass kicked, because it's Bahamut. Clive gets mad, and Clive's been having an issue kind of like the Hulk banner thing, where he can't turn into Ifrit when he wants, because Ifrit's like not 100% on board with this. Okay. Bahamut... Knocks the shit out of, out of uh, Phoenix, Phoenix and sends down this massive attack that's going to destroy the whole area. It's going to kill Clive. It's going to kill Jill. It's going to kill you know, Clive's mother, who nobody cares about because she's stupidly evil. He just is so badass. He just walks forward and then erupts into this massive pillar of flame, blocking the attack. And Ifrit is standing there. And now Ifrit and Bahamut are fighting. Mm-hmm. Which is cool already. It's it's. I mean, the, these these kaiju fights, these big monster fights, they're glorified 
quick time events. Okay, they're yeah. not difficult, but they look really cool and they're really visually well done. So Bahamut and Ifrit are fighting. Ifrit basically loses, and then Phoenix pops up because it's the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And now Phoenix is fighting Bahamut, but it's now they're both flying, and it turns into, I kid you not, basically a level of Panzer Dragoon, where Sorry, you're no. controlling Phoenix with a, a targeting reticle, you're firing him, you're dodging projectiles. It turns into a different game for about 10 minutes. And then he gets hit, and then Ifrit jumps up, and Ifrit and Phoenix, like Dragon Ball Z, merge into one character. Now Ifrit has Phoenix's wings, and you're fighting in fucking space. And it is just, it's amazing. <laughs> you finally beat Bahamut. He plummets down to the earth, and you, like, land on him, but it's badass, and it's awesome. And the problem is, and this, this fight takes, like, 45 minutes, okay? It's, it's, it's heart-pounding. It's intense. It's never difficult, because this game is never difficult, okay? There's no challenge here. This is just spectacle. But it is spectacle that is incredibly well done. And right after this is probably where Jason Schreier fell off of it because there is nothing that the game is going to do that is going to match up to this, okay? This was the climax. This was, like, the main part, okay? Because now, all a- after that, little things happen, and, you, and there's now another empire off to the east called, called um, oh, shoot, Walud is the name of the empire. And their king is Odin. And Odin is just hand over fist more powerful than any other one. And every time you run into him, he kicks your ass. You have no chance against Odin. So you're basically trying to chase him down. And, and, and instead of dealing with these multi-city political machinations of betrayal and murder and all this nasty stuff, now it's just Clive and one or two people trudging through burnt-out areas of this continent trying to get to where the king of Walud is, where Odin is. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it is, suddenly it is significantly less interesting. So I don't know if it's necessarily a twist. It's that it has shot its wads so hard with this fight. I think it's possible you're not at the twist yet. Maybe not, but it's, I mean, what's happening right now is that Joshua is there. He's off doing one thing. Clive was on his own after having absorbed, um, the power from his girlfriend, because the whole, the whole point of Clive is he is a, a character. Yeah, he, he is absorbs. A, a, he's a creature that he just absorbs the other powers, and because of that, um, uh, Ultima, who is basically God slash devil, he's 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 a god, wants to use him to remake the Earth. It's a very stock Final Fantasy nonsense story, mm-hmm. and that may be the problem. Is that up to this point, it felt like. It was just Game of Thrones. You know, everybody wants to kill everybody. Everybody's betraying everybody. You're in the middle of it. You're kind of a good guy, but a bad guy. People don't know who you are. It was just, it was so interesting. And and now it's like, well, it's not as bad as the last act of, of the last Final Fantasy, but it's still not, it's not going to be as exciting as that last section was. First of all, I would say you don't know that this Odin fight isn't going to beat the shit out of whatever just happened. And I'm I, sure it will be I, an ultimate I, fight I, after I that. I don't. I, yeah, probably. I mean, you've, but the thing is, you've already seen, you saw Ultima and his character design is, isn't very good. Odin looks cool because Odin is riding on a six-legged horse and he mm-hmm. has a sword that can cut anything. <laughs> so you can't get hit by it. And, and at, at one point, it turns into like a little bit of pirate nonsense. So Sid's daughter 
whose name is Mid, which is dumb, um, designs a ship using one of Sid's design that is faster than any ocean ship that's ever been made. And you chase down Odin stupidly because you're going to get your ass kicked by him. But you chase him down because you're trying to catch up with him. And he turns from just the king into Odin. He's in the sky on his horse. And he sends a slash down that splits the ocean. Hmm. Um, uh, well, oh, shoot, Ten Commandments style. Yeah. Where it is split down to the ground, and now and the ship that, that Clive and Jill are on sinks down there, and you are now standing on the bottom of the ocean with walls of water on either side of you. And it actually looks pretty cool. And, and, and Mid's ship gets away. So there, there, there are other like, like moments in here. But I don't... I, the thing is, I don't think you should ever play this. Because no, it, it sounds the moment-to-moment like gameplay like would disgust anime. you. Yeah, the yeah. moment-to-moment gameplay would disgust you. It sounds like a fine anime as an RPG. Yeah. It, it sounds completely fucking boring to me. Let, me. let me tell you about a little experience I had. Two experiences, actually. <laughs> I had in the Druid Grove, that first little town you get to. I'm wandering along. I'm in a place that's kind of like a makeshift prison. Uh, it's kind of in a cave network near inside the town, basically. And, um, and there's a bunch of large wooden doors. And there's a rat there. So I decided to talk to the rat. And the rat is, of course, <laughs> at first a, a dick. dick. Yeah. But he tell but I learned that the reason this rat is being a dick is because he chipped his tooth on something evil that's inside a chest in this in one of these cells. Okay. So I get my rogue to pick the door to the cell and I go in and there's a lady in there who uh, whose job it is to guard the cell, but she drank a potion that was supposed to make her more energetic or something, but what it actually did was paralyze her legs. So she feels great, but she can't stand. <laughs> so <laughs> Damn. So we, we, cast, we cast some healing spells on her, get her back to good. I, uh, I talk her into just walking out of the room. Uh, the, you know, I'm the one who's supposed to guard it now. I convince her. And I get the little trinket that the rat led me to. That's cool. That, that shit isn't something that could happen in Final Fantasy sixteen. Another well, one. Well, no. Okay. I'm walking along. Uh, within this grove of druids, um, there's a population of tieflings who are, like, fleeing a war or something. But they, and the druids all kind of want them gone, because they're just all, they're all in, like, a, a fucking refugee camp in the middle of, uh, in the middle of their town. But they can't leave because there's a goblin city nearby that's basically going to kill them all and keeps on trying to raid the, the druid village. Um, so you, your heart kind of goes out to these guys. And I'm walking along, and there's a young tiefling guy, uh, like a kid, um, who, wants to, uh, who wants to sell me his wares. And he's like, check out this ring. This is actually a ring of invisibility. And it's wow, a really good okay. price, mister, I swear to God. And so I open up his, you know, I, I, I go to trade with him and the thing opens up and there's a ring that is called actually a ring of invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one that's called a ring of, ring of speak to frogs. And there's a bunch, and there's a bunch of rings with really cool names that actually do nothing. Okay. <laughs> like they all do yeah. nothing. But yeah. as, and, but as I'm looking at his inventory, I notice that some sort of check is rolling in the background that I keep on succeed or failing at. Oh. So I close out of the window as I was looking at his wares, his buddy was pickpocketing me. Uh, <laughs> and I see this guy run off down this and, and leap down to like a waterfall. And when we leap down to the waterfall, there's there's nowhere to go. Like, where the fuck did this kid go? And then I find there's a little crevice in the rocks over here. But the the elf, who's a, uh, who's a rogue, can't fit through. The half-elf, who's the priest, can't fit through. 
Um, the uh, the wizard guy can't fit through. Who can fit Just through? You. Just that you. No, the gnome bard can fit through that crevice. Yep. So I go down there, and I go down to the uh, the hideout of the thieves, and running all these children thieves is a teenage tiefling thief. And she is pretty proud of herself and is not really interested in helping me out. But I basically talk her into giving me my money back. Then I uh, then she goes. So what are you going to do now? You're going to you're going to tell us that we shouldn't shouldn't be stealing or something like that? No, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest forty gil forty gold gold in this venture because I have the feeling that this is going to go a long way. She goes. Well, when we get to Baldur's Gate, you'll certainly have a door open with us. And I'm like, I know I will. And by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, just so you don't get any trouble from anyone else in our organization, this is the secret hand sign that we use to identify ourselves to each other. So I get all my shit, I go back up the crevice, back up the waterfall, walk back to the kid who tried to sell me the ring, and I have the option just to do the hand sign to him. And my little guy, my little gnome guy, just has the smuggest look on his face when he does this, <laughs> this little fucking hand sign for the... Uh, for the tiefling kid, and the tiefling kid just nods, and my gnome nods. <laughs> See, that's an RPG, man, right so, there. We're, we're talking about these games aren't even in the same genre. No, a hundred percent. They're not at all because the, the I would say ninety percent of Final Fantasy sixteen is the same for every person who plays it. There's the op- optional shit for getting the best weapon or, or fighting the hidden bosses that yeah, I yeah. But that's just do. go do another fight. Here's how yeah, you interact it, with the game: you fight. Yeah, it's the game is the same for everyone. Like you said, it, it probably would make a fine anime at some point in time if they did it that way. And that's what Final Fantasy has pretty much always been. I mean, have there been any Final Fantasies that ever had any actual player agency? Or are you just following the story? Well, I, I haven't played the them all, but I think you're right. I think yeah. there, there are RPGs in that you level up and numbers go up. Um, yeah. The the most kind of I mean Alex of course would tell us that in twelve all the things you can decide to do with your characters uh, and the way no, you can program them to fight is the player agency. It um, is, but the in, ending is the same. In, the game ends the same way. In thirteen three, um, all the way different ways that you can play lightning is the player agency. But again, you're going to get to that one ending. Yeah. Uh, there are so many variations as a result of the decisions that you make as a player in Baldur's Gate 3 Larian Studios said the other day that the final like the ending of Baldur's Gate 3 has 17,000 versions <laughs> not 7,000 not, not 1700 yeah, 17,000 versions <sighs> so I'm definitely more interested in Baldur's Gate than Final Fantasy oh, I- more power to you. I just the, the problem is I see that level of, of agency and variation, and I become at Realized. first intimidated and then disinterested. Uh, I don't know because man, I would just, always worry that I'm doing something wrong. It nothing's ever really wrong. It's just kind of your call, and there will be consequences for the shit that you do. But that's sort of that's also the fun of it because the game will just keep going. Like, your, your main character can die, I'm sure. And the game will keep going. I think. I, oh, yeah. In Okay, so in that room where I push the button, mm-hmm. 
and all these undead came up. Uh, once I cleared all those guys out, then another undead shows up, but this guy's not attacking. He wants to talk, and he's like this old corpse with a bunch of gold all over his face. Like, he's, he's like got a beautiful mask almost, and uh, he Mitch, just likes... Maybe? He, no, I don't know what it is, but he likes me and he hangs out at camp now. And nice. if a member of my party dies, he says, I can give him 200 gold and he'll resurrect them. Oh, that's yeah. a good thing to have around. Yeah, he's handy. Um, I, met a, uh, I met a dog in the woods and the dog was the first animal I spoke to who wasn't a dick. I mean, he was <laughs> kind of a dick because he was upset that his owner wouldn't get up. And he doesn't understand that his owner's dead. Okay. And if you try to convince him that his owner is currently dead, he'll just get pissed off and start barking. But what I did was I reached out and I gave him my scent. And I said, if your friend doesn't get up, come find me. And two days later, that dog showed up at my camp. His name is Scratch. He's a very good boy. Yeah. And See? every time I go to pet him, I you speak with animals first. And then you pet him. He's like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. See, that reminds me of, of this is, this is going, stepping into the Wayback Machine. It was either Neverwinter Nights 1 or 2, which were kind of the successor to the Baldur's Gate series. I played those, played a ton of those. And um, I had, we had a barbecue at my house. And I had two couple friends that were my friends and one couple friends that was my wife's friend. And okay. the two guys who were my friends were guys I played D&D with in college. So we spoke the same language. The, and I didn't know my wife's friends very well. I'm like, guys, I got to show you something in Neverwinter Nights because they weren't playing it. I'm like, this is what happens if you summon a demon incorrectly. So I went in. And I summoned a demon without casting a circle of protection, which yeah. means I summoned the demon and he was immediately free and wiped out the whole party. And they yeah. laughed and they laughed. And the other couple, the guy, the other couple was just kind of watching over their shoulders, not really saying anything. I'm like, well, this is how you do it right. So I, I cast circle of protection. He comes out, we banter and he goes away. And they laugh. And the, and the three of us who played D&D together had a good time. What I didn't know at the time was that my wife's couple friend were like hardcore conservative Christian. <laughs> oh, they never talked to her again. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. That was also a different time. I wonder how... Okay, first of all, I think Critical Role uh, played a big part in getting D&D kind of more mainstream. But more than that, fucking Stranger Things, I think, is what did it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, it, it exposed some of it. it it's, it's changed... So much. I mean, when I played in college, it was it was second edition that we kind of hybridized with some first edition stuff, just because we liked some of the classes in first edition, and that's what we played. We didn't we did not use any pre made modules. We wrote our own modules and had these long arching things where they lasted for years. Right um, towards the end, I started running campaigns and was doing pretty good. But I, unfortunately, I I took over as DM right at the end when college was kind of over and people kind of went their separate ways. So I never got to go that far into it. It's just it's just different now. I mean, we never use miniatures or maps or anything like that. Yeah. We just it's all in your head. And now, so much of it is Wizards of the Coast trying to sell you more things. Like here's your miniature, and you have to buy the paints for the miniature, and you have to do this, and you have to do that, and everything else. So it feels, speaking as the old man, it feels commercialized. Yeah, it probably is. But it also is probably more accessible than it was rules wise. Because there was some pretty arcane shit when we were playing that we would conveniently ignore sometimes just because you're just trying to have a good time. <laughs> so much of it is just math and fucking dice rolls. Oh, it and is. I, thought, I yeah. thought that would really turn me off. It absolutely doesn't. It makes it, 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 in its own way, it kind of makes it clearer exactly what's going on. 
And exactly well, you understand that there are rules behind this. Nothing is arbitrary except the yeah. die. The die roll yeah. is arbitrary, but what happens, you know, on a ten versus a twenty, that's predetermined. So I wish, yeah, yeah. I wish that when you rolled a nat twenty in Baldur's Gate three, something excessively cool would happen, or if you rolled a nat That'd one, cool. something hilariously bad would happen. Because that's that's what tends <laughs> to happen in any of these. Like every now and then, I'll watch like a little YouTube short of um, there's people from College Humor who do it and. There's, of course, the critical role people that sometimes you see. Yeah. And when those people roll in that 20 or in that one, it's hilarious. Like, something really Mm -hmm. spectacularly cool or awful is about to happen. And in Baldur's Gate 3, you either just succeed or fail. There is no, you rolled the nat 20, so when you swing at his head, it explodes. You know, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, really happy with it so far. I am pleasantly surprised that you're so into this, that you're just... Super into it. Because it's going to, now your plate is clean for the year until, shit, Spider-Man? I mean, what else do you yeah, have there, on your plate? Well, no, there, there's Spider-Man, there's Phantom Liberty, and oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. there's something else in September that I wanted. Um, uh, there is other shit. There is other shit coming this year, but I just haven't done, like, I, when I was doing the blog, I would sit down and have an article, like, here's what's coming out in the next six months. Yeah. Here's the shit to get hyped for. I would have a list. <laughs> I'd know all the dates. I don't do that yeah. anymore. Um, I did see some movies that are worth mentioning, though. Okay. What do you got? And I want to find... Okay. Um, I think you probably... I I probably mentioned there is a... um, There is kind of like a a, a hangover-style movie starring four Asian women. Okay. Called Joyride. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yes. It is starring Ashley Park, Stephanie Su, Sherry Cola, Sabrina Wu, and then uh, some really cool, um, some really cool kind of additional. Uh, Daniel Day Kim shows up. Uh, Ronnie Cheng shows up. Some people you you really recognize show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only went and saw, decided to rent it uh, or decided to buy it actually off Amazon because it got fucking stunning reviews. It was ninety one on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. It got, it got excellent reviews. And the trailer I saw did look pretty fucking cool. Um, and for the first two-thirds of this movie, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. Like, it was, it is really, really good. It is really, really funny. And then it gets to the final, probably quarter of the movie, and now we're wrapping up all the emotional threads. So now we're actually kind of being earnest a little bit. Okay. And she, you know, she, she speaks to... Uh, you know, there's a scene where uh, she's kind of dealing with some stuff with her mother, and she's crying, and it really, and it really did actually, you know, choke me up a little bit. But that's not why I rented this movie, or that's not why I bought this movie. Uh, that said, four out of five stars. I don't usually laugh this much at movies. Uh, I really nice. laugh my ass off at Joyride and Guardians of the Galaxy is now available on Disney Plus. It is. I, I saw that. I stayed up super, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I should say. I stayed up super late last night watching it just because I was like, oh, I've been waiting. I'll, f- I'll finally watch it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It's the best Marvel movie since the last James Gunn Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely better than Guardians 2 for me. Um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, 4 out of 5. Great. It was nice. a great show. Yeah. I should probably watch that. I have seen the previous two Guardians movies, so... Well, did you see Avengers? Uh, in, uh, Avengers. Avengers no, but I know Endgame. that 
I know which characters have died and how she isn't like the same one and yeah. No, but she is. That's that's a weird thing. Is like they don't really cover how she returns or how she returned, just that she doesn't. She she never grew, uh, got to Gamora never got together with the Guardians. She just went off and became a um, a Ravager. It's kind of weird. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and those are all the notes I had. So I mean, it's time for headlines. I think so. Headlines. In entertainment news, Disenchanted's final season will drop September 1st on Netflix. Is that I like three Disenchanted. Or four I think that's seasons. four. Yeah. Or five. Uh, after nearly 15 years, Anita Sarkeesian announced Feminist Frequency will close down early 2024, basically due to burnout. Was she still doing YouTube stuff? I don't think she was. I don't know if she I was do- still doing YouTube stuff, but that website just like kept on going. Yeah, I... I kind of lost track of her a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, like I used to swing by the website every now and again just to see what was being written and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. This isn't really compelling me to click on anything here. Yeah. Ooh, there's Patrick Swayze with his shirt off. Yeah. Anyway. Young that, Patrick uh, Swayze? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul Rumens, Pee Wee Herman, has died at 70. Uh, yeah, I guess he was fighting cancer for several years and just didn't tell anybody. Well, who needs to know? Well, I mean, it's his business, of course. Yeah, I don't need to know. Go back and, and, and look at people who showed up on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Fucking Morpheus was on there. Yeah, man. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne on Pee-wee's Playhouse. It was awesome. I remember that uh, show was so fucking surreal. If you go apparently, back now. apparently Jim Henson reached out to Pee Wee Herman once Pee Wee's Playhouse started going and saying like, "I've been waiting for years to someone kind of to try to do the next step in what we're doing, and you just went ahead and did it." It's it's nice. fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I loved that show as a kid. He made a, like a more recent Pee Wee movie, didn't he? I never watched I it. I don't know. I thought he did. I thought like, like. I mean, there's the two one. There's 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 Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Big Top Pee Wee. And Big Top Pee Wee's not as good as Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Um, but I thought that he made a third one in the last like ten years. I swear to God, I last watched those movies when I was like ten. I barely remember them. Um, Beyond the Spider Verse, the third film, has been delayed indefinitely as studios refuse to meet the requirements of the SAG after unions. <laughs> Can we just pay people, please? Is it that hard? Please. Yeah, no, it's not, but they're making it that hard. Uh, yeah. Donald Glover will apparently co-write the Lando series for Disney. Under what union, Donald? Because the writers are still on strike, as far as I know. Yeah, maybe maybe when it's done, he'll do it? Uh, I mean... I'm hoping that's the case. I don't like to think he's being That could guarantee you... That will guarantee, though, that Lando will be incredibly sexy and kind of androgynous, and I'm there for that. <laughs> no, I... Th- I think it'll guarantee that he'd be funny. Like, That's true, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Donald Glover is uh, quite the fucking talent. Uh, mm-hmm. A retail worker in Toronto who found that Magic the Gathering One ring card sold it to Post Malone for $2.64 yeah. million. Dollars. Yep. I thought there was a thing where like there was some company that had a guarantee to sell it for a million dollars, and you said they already had it. I thought they did, unless... See, that was the original report. Was he when well, yeah. he pulled it and he sent it off to be graded, which is they, they look at a car and they give you a, on a scale from like one to ten. It came out as a nine, packed fresh and nine, not even a ten. And I had thought that it had gotten picked up by a collector's company. And it could be that the, that company just kind of had 
maybe it was the middleman for the sale to Post Malone. They were only willing to do $1.5 million, and Post Malone was like, no, nah, man, I need it. It could be, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, because that, that was the original report that was brought by a different collector's company. So It would be so cool to have so many millions that you could spend two and a half on a playing card. On a card, yeah. That would, that would, yep. that would ease a lot of my stress. Uh, Callisto Protocol the developer Striking Distance has laid off 32 employees as it looks to realign priorities. They haven't said what they're working on next, have they? No, probably nothing. Yeah, they're going to get bought by EA and shut down. <laughs> well, not EA, they're going to get bought by Embracer Group, I'm sure. Oh, that's almost Who, whoever, whoever is uh Whoever was financing those Gollum games. God. Electronic Arts announced this week that it is in the early stages of porting Star Wars Jedi Survivor to PS4 and Xbox One. Okay, but why? Yeah, like you'd think... You'd think those markets would kind of be drying up. PS5 um, is like five or six million units. I mean, it's it's doing quite well. It's, it's <clears throat> trucking along. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, Jedi Survivor, aside from the Dead Space remake, it probably is the best single-player game Electronic Arts has made in years. Mm, true. So... <clears throat> Uh, a 15-minute-long The Last of Us ripoff on Switch called The Last Hope Dead Zone, <laughs> with analogs for Ellie and Joel, has been removed from the Switch's eShop, and all of its trailers are disappearing due to copyright strikes from Sony Computer Entertainment. Yeah, um, did you see the Digital Foundry video of it? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. so funny. It oh. was in like an incredibly bad-looking game, and like any mm -hmm. gamer... Who, who knows games in general could look at it and know what it was and know how shitty it would be. Um, it's amazing that, that there's a market, I guess, that allows well, developers like that to function. That company, they kind of listed out some other games, and the names of the games were designed to just be triggered by search engine searches. Like, if you search up Call of Duty, then theirs will be, like, a couple, a couple listings down because it had enough trips in the name to get it. Duty of the Call so. War Zone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Kickstarter for Pat Upon Spiritual Successor Ratatan was funded within an hour of going live. That doesn't surprise me. That's cool. I just hope it'll be on PlayStation. Come to my console. Don't 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 make me do this Steam install thing again. Don't make me do that. <laughs> uh, Eurogamer reported this week that a next gen Switch will debut in 2024. I've never heard that before. That's this is news to this is mind blowing. And okay, until I see an actual picture of it, it's not. No, until I see an official oh, announcement, it's just another yeah. like I we get these every three months every year. The the problem is that in my line of work, I occasionally am holding on to a, an OLED switch, and mm. I'll be damned if that screen doesn't look great. It looks. No, I mean, it, it looks like a new system. It really does. Yeah, the, I don't need the, one. The OLED but. Vita was fucking. Tits. Well, that was the first version of the Vita. Yes. Yeah, the version yes. two. They 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 they, they, they took slimmed it down. Away. They put in an LED screen, which was mm -hmm. fine. But man, like Dragon's Crown on the OLED, fuck. Uh, Vitas are have become very difficult to find. Well, does that mean they're now very expensive? Because I have some. Uh, yeah. Honestly, check eBay because they they're going for a decent amount. Um, it, they're huge with the modding community because this, especially the ones like the, the first version because the screen is so nice and they've gotten relatively easy to modify to play whatever you want on them. PS and they're just Vita quality made handhelds. 
Oh, there's no prices on Amazon. Well, yeah, because you gotta go. You gotta eBay them now. There's no way to do it. Other way to do it. Yeah, but why even have a listing on Amazon if you don't have it? Anyway. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, which has been on PlayStation for almost 10 years, will come to Xbox Series in spring 2024. Does that that's got a decent crowd playing it, right? 100%, and it's that yeah. it's that MMO that just that launched in a terrible state and then just got better yeah. and better and better every year until Realm people were like actually it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did install it and download it once, and unlike Baldur's Gate, it made no attempt to explain any of its shit to me. <laughs> and the UI was literally 50 buttons. And I don't understand what any Ugh. of them fucking did. It was, it was an absolute nightmare of interactivity. Is that a cultural difference? Okay, because Final Fantasy XV is obviously developed by a Japanese company. Larian is, they're not American. It's European, isn't it? Yeah, so I would expect Eurojank. But that's not what my experience of Baldur's Gate at all, even a little. Well, um, it's also been in development for forever. Yes, it, it's, it's been in early access, access for a long time. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I expect that the reason the UI for 14 was so ridiculous when I went into it was because I went into it like two years ago. Oh, after okay. they had been, you know, patching and updating and updating and updating for 10 years or eight years, I guess, at the time. Um and they just kind of imagine that anyone playing it would understand it. Yeah, they've all been playing it already. They know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, they, they know what this extra extra uh, hotkey bar here is for. They know what, what these buttons over here are for. Like, no, there was there was no uh, tutorial whatsoever. It was. And, and you're a World of Warcraft veteran. You, you're, you're used to yeah. these kind yeah. of things. Yeah, no, I kind of understand how those things tend to go. But World of Warcraft was Blizzard in its prime. This is true. Yeah, that was very easy to understand and get into and start playing. I fucking man, those were good times actually. But but now all I want to do is get rolling on my gnome. <laughs> get decided, your gnome rolling on the is what you want to do. <laughs> I've decided the word for a, a gnome bard is a nard. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than a bone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, now I'm a little jealous, but it's, I mean, by the time that comes out to console in September, I'll have Starfield to play. Which is also not really a role-playing game. What? What do you mean? I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, it'll have there's a ton so of many choice. Ways. There's so many but ways will to it customize have character your character. Yeah there's, yeah, there's all kinds of characters, and it's still a Bethesda game. It is a Bethesda game. So I'm game, sure you'll right? be making choices yeah. left and right in that game. Yeah, but I know yeah. that I will look at the character creator and skip it. Man, like the character creator, value, done. the character creator in Baldur's Gate is fucking sick. Like your characters all look awesome, and even the early access, just like the quality of the eyes, is amazing in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, see, Final Fantasy sixteen has a problem where like the main characters look great. If you're not a main character, yeah, you're you didn't get any money spent on you. <laughs> the There's interns put this guy's face together. There's a part of me that's sad that just the game buying community at large didn't reject what Square Enix has done with Final Fantasy over the past 15 years. Like, I think they were still making interesting choices with 12, and then they made choices for better looking but less interesting games ever since. Because they look really, really good for the most part. 
but they play like doink. There, I mean, there's a there's been several times in sixteen where I, I come into an area and I, I just kind of walk over to a corner and look out at this vista. That's either beautiful or beautifully depressing, depending on what area you're in. And it just, it looks amazing. The way they have lights set up on there coming over hills. And it just, it really, I mean, they've got that part down. And they're telling the story that they want to tell. Because fuck you, this is their story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, but I don't know. Now you were right. You, you, you predicted that I would enjoy it. And, and yeah. I am enjoying it. So. Yeah. You, you I'm like, shallow and easy that way. Yeah, but you like you like you like video games like that are like porridge. You know, I do. It's, it's easy to go down. It's easy to digest. It's not challenging you in any particular way. Baldur's Gate Three is uh, every now and again a good word to use to describe a game is gritty. Baldur's okay. Gate Three is incredibly gritty. There's so many little things going on. There's so many little choices. There's so many things that you might completely miss and then discover later. Um, there's a spell that I could have gained access to really early on called, uh, I think it's called Storm of Knives or something. And it didn't sound like much, but what it is is it's an AoE that as long as the enemies are standing in it, they're taking massive damage every turn. And it, I got it just towards the end of my playtime with it yesterday. And I was like, I should have been using this the whole time! Yeah. This is fucking amazing! It's completely changing the game! Like, it's so, so good. Okay, you said you have a warlock and a sorcerer on your team? Right well, now? N- n- there's a warlock in the camp, but I don't use him because he just basically cast this, like... He's an artillery guy. There's okay. no really other use for them. The other, the other thing is warlocks uh, have high charisma, and I don't need someone with high charisma because I'm because that Because you've guy. got you. Yeah. Okay, but you have a sorcerer or a wizard or what do you want to call yeah. it? Yeah, well, uh, no, the wizard actually stays in camp too. What I roll oh. with is I have the Githyaki warrior and my thief because my thief can lockpick anything. Those two are my frontliners, and then behind them are the uh, uh, the priest lady and me on the bard. Okay. So you don't need to... So the, I was going to bring up that if you had a wizard on there... I was wondering if friendly fire is a thing. Yes, it is. Oh god. And there are uh, actually that's one of the that's another one of the reasons that I got rid of the warlock because I would have perfect line of sight on this enemy, and then I would fire the warlock spell and it would hit my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there are actually things with wizards where if you specialize in certain subclasses or like sub you know, wizard spe- specializations the spells you cast of that school will no longer do friendly fire. Ooh. Yeah. A no friendly fire delayed blast fireball. I like that idea. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I do, <laughs> I, I, I do want to uh, give my wizard guy more of a chance, but I don't know. I, I really like having two melee melee folks. How big is your party? Four in your party? That's four. it? Four. You can only have four. That feels and a little restrictive. It, it, yeah, me too, but uh, it's funny. I walked up to the, uh, get the yaki lady, and I'm like, you should travel with us. And she's like, uh, you are already full up. Dismiss your weakest warrior, and I shall join you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so. the problem. Is if I actually played it, I would play the same character I play in all actual RPGs, which is a shooty rogue. Um, but, you know, well, I sit they in the got, back they and got with arrows. They got yeah, rangers. Well, I suppose... Apparently, Ranger is kind of boring, though. Rogue That's... is cool. Rogue is handy. Rogue can dish it out, man. Well, yeah, Rogue is like you know, it's it's, it's burst damage, and then you know, back one in the of, shadows. 
okay, so spoil story spoilers for very early in Baldur's Night Three. Um, one of your companions is a guy named Asterion. Asterion is a high elf, I think, and he's weirdly pale, and he has shock white hair. Uh, but he talks like this. Like, everything is like, oh, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> like, he's very he's very smarmy. I love him. And okay. uh, and you might notice that his uh, uh, his fangs, or canines, are a little longer than mm. on anyone else. Um, but he walks around in the sun, so he's clearly not a vampire or whatever. And you're walking along, and you find a dead... Uh, uh, a dead... Um, I think it's a wild boar in the middle of the road. And if you have high enough insight, you notice that there's two pinprick marks on this thing's neck, and it appears to have been drained of blood. Mm. And uh, and Asterion is like, we really shouldn't be wasting time worrying about what killed Pig. This <laughs> <Because laughs> obviously has nothing to do with us. And if you have high enough insight and you roll, you can get him to admit it at that point. But I didn't want to press him on it. I didn't want to be a dick. It was obvious to me, but I guess my character still didn't know. Anyway, so yeah. that, night at, that night at camp something I'm, I'm going to sleep and you know something just kind of i just feel like i should wake up and i wake up and i look up and he is right there he is a bite to, about to bite me he's got his fangs out and he's right up my neck and he leans back he goes i swear i wasn't gonna do it and he's like looks like you were gonna do it man explain <laughs> yourself right now he's like fine i'm not quite a vampire but i do need to, i do need to feed on blood in order to in order to not die and you know be good enough to help you guys out as we're walking around in the daylight and he goes, well, why can't you walk around the daylight? Well, I'm not actually a vampire. I'm kind of like I was bitten by a vampire, but not fully turned. So I, I have all the needs of a vampire. Like, I have to drink blood, but I don't have any of their awesome powers. So, but anyway. So, so suck, actually. <laughs> so I can, I can go out into the woods and try to catch a deer or something, but I will fail because I'm too weak. If you could just spare just, just a little bit. Just a little bit, just to get me through. Just a little bit to get me through, man. Please, 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 man. Okay, and just like, this I'm once. A I'm like, I don't yeah. have that much blood. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, just this once. And so he leans down, and he fastens on. And there is something so fucking sexy about it for some reason. And then he leans back. Ah, actually, you have to stop him. You have to do a persuasion check to stop him. Yeah, from all right, knock drinking. it off. <laughs> yeah, to stop him from drinking. And then he's like, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. And then he leans, and there's there's this part of me that's like, that was actually kind of hot. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really... It's great. I'm looking forward to keeping up with it. Excellent. All right. I'm at, like, 40 hours, and according to, like, the PlayStation counter, but 90% through, so I should be oh. able to wrap this up for next week. Oh. Well, I hope you get a fight that matches that kaiju uh, fight. The, the, the Bahamut versus, like, like Mega Extra Ifrit. So... We'll see. We'll see. You should. If you don't, then yeah, that game's a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right. In that case, I, I will send you back to the to D and D world. <laughs> Enjoyable. All right. Well, for Alex Chance, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in a week. Oh.